Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I'm conducting a series on prayer and uh, the first two sessions I talked about prayer lessons we learned from Jesus and then last week I started to talk about the different kinds of prayer. So if you missed any of those sessions, I'd like to invite you to go back into our archives and you can get those for free. Now, uh, if you would, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to James, the fifth chapter, James, the fifth chapter and the 16th verse says the starting midway through that verse. It says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much and what we take away from this verse here is if prayer can be effective, it can also be ineffective. And I've watched so many Christians over the many years, and I've fallen into this group myself, where our prayers are ineffective. And, and, and we need our prayers to be effective. And so as I continue with this series this week, and last week, uh, I tell you, if you missed last week, please go into our archives and listen to that because I, I, there's things I said last week that will really be helpful to you that I can only just, just touch on and review here today briefly. So go back and listen to that last week if you missed it. But, but, again, but again, listen. Prayer, if prayer can be effective, it can also be ineffective. And what, what I'm trying to do here is, is teach you how your prayers can be effective. And the thing you need to know from Ephesians 6.18, talked about this last week, is that there are different kinds of prayer. The Bible says praying always with all prayer and supplication, but in the Greek uh, language, which the Bible was, the New Testament was written in, this, this reads like this, praying always with all manner are kinds of prayer. And so you see, you can't be an effective prayer if you don't realize that there's different kinds of prayer. And sad to say, so many Christians don't understand that. There's different kinds of prayer. And, uh, and, and just like there's different kinds of sports and each sport has rules that pertain to it, well, there's different kinds of prayer and there's different rules that pertain to, to the different kinds of prayer. You need to realize that. And I, I made a big deal about that last week. So again, if you missed that, go back and listen to it. But there's different kinds of prayer and uh, you need to realize that. You need to realize there's, there's rules that govern the different kinds of prayer. And uh, just by way of review, there are seven kinds of prayer that I've found in the Bible. One would be agreement, the prayer of agreement, or you could say united or corporate prayer. And then the second kind would be uh, known as what would be known as the prayer petition or supplication. That's where you pray for yourself. That's thoroughly fine to do that. The prayer of thanksgiving, or also we call, could call it the prayer of worship. That's a third kind of prayer. Then number four would be the prayer of commitment or dedication or consecration. That's a kind of prayer. Fifth kind of prayer would be known as the prayer of intercession, where you're praying for someone else. 
See, the prayer of petition or supplication, you're praying for yourself. The prayer of intercession, you're praying for others. And then there's what is known as praying in the spirit or in other tongues. And then there's what's known as the prayer of faith, or we could call that the declaration of faith. Now, I mentioned these last week. I've not gone into detail with any of them yet. I'm going to begin that today and do that over the next several weeks. But you need to realize that, again, there's seven different basic kinds of prayer and and there's different rules that govern these kinds of prayer. And you need to realize that. And, And then also, too, in John 16... Now, 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 I talked about this last week, but you've got to get this. So I'm going to go over this again. In John 16 and then John 14. Go to John 16 and go to John 14. The first six kinds of prayer that I gave you in that list fall in the category of John 16. The seventh prayer that I gave you in that list, what's known as the prayer of faith or the declaration of faith, that falls under the, the heading of John 14. Now, John 16, let's read that. Jesus said in that day, he's talking about the day of grace in which we now live during the church age. In that day, you will ask me nothing. So didn't say he didn't say we couldn't talk to him. He didn't say we couldn't fellowship with him. Didn't say we couldn't have a conversation with him. You know, he didn't say that. This is talking about technical praying. Say, Pastor, I don't want to be technical in my prayers. Well, <laughs> you better you better be technical. I used that example last week. You know, you go into a bank, you gotta there's some technical things have have to happen before you can go get money out of your bank. Right? You can't just go in there and say, Give me some of my money. There's some technical things that have to be done. It's like hooking to your, your television to your satellite signal or free over the air television or the Wi-Fi signal. I mean, there's some technical things that you have to do. And if you don't hit the right buttons, you're not going to get the channel you want. You hit the right buttons, whoo, I mean, there it is. There's a channel in high definition. Same thing's true with prayer. You may not want to be technical, but I tell you what, there's some technicalities to it. And that's why so many uh, Christians' prayers are ineffective is because they don't understand there's some technicalities that have to be followed. And if you don't follow them, you're not you're not going to get the channel you want. <laughs> you need to realize that. So, so the first six kinds of prayer fall under John 16. The seventh one falls under John 14. So again, John 16 here. In that day, the day of grace in which we live, you'll ask me nothing. We're not supposed to technically pray to Jesus. We're supposed to technically pray. Now, now watch this. He has said, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father. So in, being technical, we're not supposed to pray to Jesus. He said so. I didn't say it. He said it. But we're supposed to pray to the Father in, he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. And again, that word whatever, it means whatever. It's got to be in line with the Bible, okay? It's got to be in line with the scripture, all right? So with that being said, let's read it again. John 16, 23, in that day, the day in which we live, the age of grace, you will ask me nothing. You don't pray to Jesus. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father, we pray to the Father in my name, in Jesus' name, he will give it you. And those first six kinds of prayer that I gave you fall in that category under that rule right there. 
Okay? So many people are praying to Jesus. I'm talking Christians. They love God. Absolutely. And they're not just praying with an ulterior motive just to get things. They love God. They're praying. They're, They're seeking God. But they're praying to Jesus. And I, like I said last week, don't pray to Mary, the, the Virgin Mary. You don't, you don't pray to her. You don't pray to the saints that have been dead for however many years. No, you pray. You don't even pray to Jesus. He said so. Didn't say you couldn't talk to him. No, you don't pray to him. You pray to the Father in his name and you'll get results. Absolutely you will. And the first six kinds of prayer, they are addressed at the Father, Father God, the Heavenly Father, addressed to Him in the name of Jesus. Okay? You got to get that. You just got to if you want to be an effective prayer. And then this seventh prayer, this prayer of faith, also known as the declaration of faith, that falls under John 14. Now let's look at that. Looked at it last week, going to look at it again. Jesus said, John 14, 13, and whatever you ask... In my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, in John 16, the English word ask is used. In John 14, the English word ask is used. And the English word ask means to make a request. But if you look at the Greek words, okay, the New Testament was written in Greek. In John 16, the word ask there means just what it means in English. It means to make a request. But in John 14, that word ask in the Greek does not mean to just make a request. It means to make a demand. And as you read this here, you need to understand this is not making a, de- a demand on God. This is not demanding God to do something. As you study into it, It's you're making a demand as your rights and privileges as a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's making a demand of the devil or making a demand of demons or making a demand on sickness or a demand on disease, that kind of thing. Making a demand on those things in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus will stand behind that and back that up. Whatever you ask, this is John 14, 13, whatever you ask, whatever you demand as your right and privilege in my name, I will do it. I'll back it up. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask or if you demand anything, anything in line with the Word of God, in my name, I will do it. I will back it up. So John 16, that is directed at the Father in the name of Jesus. John 14 is directed at the problem in the name of Jesus. Now in teaching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds into the thousands of people over the last 30 years, I'd say 5% or less have gotten that revelation. For whatever reason, I haven't been able to get it through to people. And I think the answer is, as I said last week, that people are trained from the time they're very small, many of them, to address their prayers to God. And, and when you try to teach people what the Bible says here, what Jesus says here, to address the problem in certain instances and situations, to address the problem 
See, what people want to do is they want to talk to God about the problem. They want to get God to do something about the problem. And God has already done what all he's going to do about the problem. And in this case of John 14, we have to address the problem. But people are trained, so many of them from the time they're small, and I was too, that you address everything to, to God. In fact, a lot of people are, like I've said, it's got, it's got to be repeated. A lot of people are praying to Jesus. You pray to Jesus, you're not going to get any results. I'm, I'm repeating, you got to get it. John 16, you address the Father in the name of Jesus. And the first six types of prayer I gave you fall in that category. But the last prayer, the prayer of faith or the declaration of faith, that falls under John 14 where we're not addressing the Father, we're addressing the problem. So many people have been taught you address everything to God and, and they just, for whatever reason, they cannot get this. I get frustrated because I've taught so many people over the years and they just, uh, this thing that I'm telling you right now, they just can't seem to get it. Well, let's, let's change that. Let's get it. What do you say? <laughs> when you're praying the prayer of faith, the declaration of faith, as we'll see as we go into scripture, you are, you're not talking to the Father, you're talking to the problem in the name of Jesus. Now, I don't know how else I can say that. But one more time, John 16, you're talking, you're, you're making a request of the Father in the name of Jesus. John 14, you're making a demand on the devil or demons or sickness or disease in the name of Jesus. Totally different. You've got to get a hold of that. And I'm again, I keep repeating, but it's, I think people are trained as little kids to always address everything to the Father. I've taught this to some people. They've heard me teach on it a dozen times, maybe more than that. And, and, and then, and then I'll hear them pray and they start, you know, there's a tornado bearing down on their, on their, on their city and they're standing there and they're asking God, the Father, to do something about the tornado that's headed their way in the name of Jesus. And the tornado comes right through and blows, blows them down. And then they get mad at God, at God because he didn't do anything about it. No, we'll see as we go. When you, you're dealing with a tornado, you don't go to God and ask God to do something about it. You stand up in the authority that he's already given you and you pray what's known as the prayer or maybe calling it a prayer might be a mistake. We ought to call it, but the Bible calls it a prayer. So we have to call it a prayer of faith. But it's a really it's a declaration of faith. And you talk to the tornado in the name of Jesus. And we'll say more about that as we go. But I tell you what, I've seen people, I've taught them, Dozens of times, and then the tornado's coming, and they're still standing there. They're talking to, they're asking the Father to do something about the tornado. Sickness has hit their body, and they've heard me teach this a dozen times, and they're still, they're still, ta they're begging the Father to do something about the sickness and disease when they ought to be talking to the sickness and the, and the disease. And they're ineffective in their praying. And, and I'm sorry if I'm showing some frustration, but I love people and I want people to get this. And if you just get it and do it, you can see results. But, but, you know, it's like people standing there trying to hook their, you know, hook their television to the Wi-Fi and they're over on the satellite signal and they just want to keep hitting that satellite signal. No, until you hit the Wi-Fi signal, you're not going to get the right channel. Until you do the right things with these different kinds of prayers, you're not going to get any results, okay? So, we've got seven kinds of prayer. The first six kind are under uh, John 16. You make a request on the Father 
in the name of Jesus. The prayer of faith or the declaration of faith is you're not addressing the Father, you're addressing the problem in the name of Jesus. It makes all the difference in the world, okay? Now, all right, so with that being said, I want to move on now and say some other things uh, as, as we go. So again, the first six kinds of prayer, you're addressing the Father. The seventh kind here, the declaration of faith, you're addressing the problem. The only exception to that is there, there is a time where the prayer of agreement would fall under uh, John 14, and I'll talk about that when we get to it, and I'll, I'll show you how, how it's operated in, in, in my life and how it's been very powerful uh, uh, to help people. We'll get to that when we talk about the prayer of agreement. Now, I said this last week. I'm still kind of reviewing. Well, I still am reviewing from last week, but I want you to get this. I want you, I want to up the percentage. I want more than 5% of the people to get this. All right. Now, uh, that seventh kind of prayer is called, as we'll see in the Bible, it's called the prayer of faith. But you need to realize all prayer needs to be done in faith. Now, just because that seventh one's called the prayer of faith, all these other six, they all need to be done in faith. And what does that mean? With a believing heart. Okay. And now with that being said, now let's get to the new material. Okay. New material, here we go. Go to Mark 11, and I want to give you a major key to being successful in prayer. I've already given you two major keys, John 16 and John 14, okay? But but let's talk about something else here for a moment, and then we're going to get into the prayer of faith, all right? We're going to get into that and talk about it. But here's a major key to being successful in prayer. Another one. I've given you two big ones. Here's a third one. Another major key to being successful in prayer. And we'll come back to this verse again in just a moment when we get into the declaration of faith. Faith. But look at this, the prayer of faith. But look at Mark 11, verse 24. Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, if you want to be an effective prayer, you've got to get this. And this has everything to do with having faith. All right. Jesus says, he says this, he says, I say to you, whatever things you ask, well, that has to be, whatever you're asking has got to be in line with the scripture. Okay. So that, that, that's given. Whatever you ask, now get this, you, you might say, well, this is being technical. Again, <laughs> There's some technicalities that apply to prayer. You've got to get this or you're not going to get the right channel like I keep using that TV example. He said, whatever things you ask, when you pray, so when you're praying, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, Here's the thing. When do you believe that you receive the things you're asking for? Well, it's very clear. You believe that you receive them when you pray. Not when they show up in your life. See, that's where people become ineffective. They'll ask God for something and they'll even ask him in line with the word of God. But they, at the time they're asking, they're not really believing that at that moment they receive those things. 
They wait until they show up on their front doorstep to believe they receive them. And they, and they, they never show up on the front doorstep. And then they get mad at God and think he's holding out on them. No, it's because you're not praying in line with the word of God. You're not following the rules and your, your prayers are ineffective. When you pray, whatever things you're asking God for, in line with the word of God, when you pray, that's when you believe you receive them. And if you do that, then they will eventually manifest in your life. And really, that's what faith is all about. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you pray is when you believe you receive. When you ask God for something in line with his word, that's when you believe that you've received it. And when you get, when you're praying, you believe you receive it. And when you're done praying, you've got it. But you see, this is where, <laughs> this is where people mess up. This is, so many people are so governed by their natural senses that they're going to wait until the thing manifests in their life to believe that they've received whatever it is they're asking for. And that's not how faith works. Faith is the, you can find this in the book of Hebrews. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, I believe it is, or right in there, the first couple of, first couple of verses. Faith is the sub, I want to say Hebrews 11, Hebrews 6, it's in Hebrews Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So when you pray, believe that you receive those things when you're praying and you will have them. And that's what faith is all about. Believing something when you don't yet see it in manifestation. You know, you can look into the book of Romans. Romans says that faith calls those things, uh, faith calls those things which are not as though they are. See, it goes completely against the way the world operates. The way the world operates and the way most people are programmed to operate from the time they're kids is that, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And that's not how faith works. That's just the opposite of how faith works. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, faith believes that it receives something before you ever see it or before you before before it manifests. You've got to understand that. You've got to get a hold of that or you're never going to be effective in your praying. You understand that? I'll say it again. When you pray, Jesus said it. Our Lord, our master, the Lord himself, he said it. Mark 11:24. He says, "Whatever things you ask, when you pray, Believe that you receive them right there then when you're praying and you will have them. At some future time, you'll have them. But when do you, when do you believe you receive them? At the time you pray. But the world will teach you that, oh, you receive them when they show up on the doorstep. No, that goes against everything the Bible teaches. The Bible, it, it's a faith book. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not perceived with the five physical senses. It calls those things which are not as though they are, totally against what the world, how the world operates. But if you want to be successful in prayer, you've got to have, this is, this, this is all about faith, and, and all, the pr all prayer operates on this principle right here. All prayer operates on this principle that when you pray, 
You have to believe at that moment you receive those things you're praying for and you will at some future time have them. Sometimes those, those things, those things you're asking for show up quick, quicker than others, but they will show up if you, they're in line with the word of God and you, you're praying in line with the word of God and you really believe it in your heart that when you pray, you receive those things right at that moment and you will have them. So when I'm asking God for something and I'm praying, I believe right at that moment I receive it. And when I say amen to that prayer, I've got it. I have it. Absolutely, I've got it right there then. Somebody said, well, Pastor Terry, where is it? It hasn't showed up yet. It will. It will. I got the word of God on it. It will show up. Eventually, if it's in line with the word of God and I it, it, you know, <laughs> I believe it in my heart, it will. It may show up within five seconds. It may show up in five years. It may show up in 15 years, but it will show up. You understand that? But when do I have it? The moment I prayed and believed I received. Now, you've got to get that or, or you're never going to be successful in prayer. If you don't get that, I just, I'm not mad at you. I love you. I want you to get this. So many people, I, I've heard them, I've watched them, I listen to them, they pray, they believe, believing for things and praying and, 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 and they get done with the prayer, they say amen, and then, and then the attitude is, well, you know, uh, when, whenever the thing I'm asking God for shows up, that's when I'm going to believe I've got it. No, you have to believe you've got it. You have to believe you've received it at that moment of prayer. <sighs> if you don't do that, you're going to be ineffective. Now, I could go over that a hundred more times, I've said it, you ought to maybe rewind me and listen to it a hundred more times, but you've got to get that. When you pray, right there, believe that you receive whatever it is you're asking for, and you'll have it. It'll show up. It's just a matter of time. You got that? So when do you believe you receive? When you pray at that moment. And again, the world's going to call you crazy, but you know what? I don't care what the world calls me. I'm concerned about what God calls me. I'm concerned about, see, if you believe you receive something when you pray and you start telling people, you know, I've got, I've got it. I have it. When did you get it? When I prayed. And then the world will say, well, uh, uh, I don't see where is it. Well, yeah, I have it. They'll think you're crazy. But I tell you what. You'll be pleasing to God. See, what I was trying to say is, I don't care if I please the world. I want to please God. And faith goes is diametrically opposed to the way the world operates. I keep saying that. So when you pray, believe you receive and you will have. Now, you've got to get a hold of that, all right? And then, by the way, let's give you another major key to being successful in prayer. Look at Mark eleven twenty five. Jesus said, whenever you stand praying... If you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Here's another key to being successful in prayer is that you have to be a forgiver. You can't be holding things against people. And in fact, you can't be regarding sin in your heart at all. If you regard, you see, if you're, if you refuse to forgive people, then it's going to hinder your prayers. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to understand that. So many people, their, their prayers, you know, you listen, you can have a right heart and you can pray effectively. Listen to me, right in line with all the rules of prayer. But if your heart is holding unforgiveness on the inside, I'm talking your spirit, you're holding unforgiveness against someone. 
bitterness or whatever, it's going to hinder your prayers. Absolutely, absolutely. You can even be believing God when you pray that you receive, just like we talked about, but if you're not forgiving somebody, it'll hinder your prayers. And furthermore, if you're regarding sin in your heart at all, if there's things in your life, excuse me, that you know about that are not right, and you're persisting in those things, I'm not talking about blundering. We all blunder, we all make mistakes. But I'm talking about if there's known sin in your life, and you're playing with sin and you're continuing in it and you're practicing it, it will hinder your, it, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll just shut your prayer life down. It absolutely will. Look at Psalms 66, 18. Psalms 66, 18, the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, iniquity means sin, wrongdoing. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Enough said. Now, Let's go and talk about one of these kinds of prayer. There's seven kinds of prayer. Uh, as I told you last week, I'm not going to fo- cover them in order. I'm going to do the prayer of faith first. And then I'll, and then after, after we finish that, then we'll go do, uh, prayer, the types one through, I guess it is five. And then we'll conclude the series, I suppose, unless the Lord leads me different with the praying in the spirit or praying in tongues. And we'll get to that down down the road somewhere, all right, as we move along these next several weeks. So let's talk about the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith. Go, if you would, to James, the fifth chapter. We're going to go through each of these seven kinds of prayer over the next several weeks. Let's go to James, the fifth chapter. We're going to talk about the prayer of faith, but I, I guess it would be better stated as the declaration of faith, as you'll see. But notice this, James 5.14, is anyone among you sick? So we're dealing here now with sickness and disease. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil, in the name of the Lord. That's talking about in the name of Jesus. And the prayer of faith will save, actually better translated, will, will heal or deliver the sick. The prayer of faith, underline that, the prayer of faith. That's why we call it the prayer of faith. So much misunderstanding on this. Oh, please get this. We're dealing with sickness here. We're, we're dealing with sickness Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. And the prayer of faith will save or will deliver or heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. And that's all good news. Everything in there is good news. But this prayer of faith, as you get in and you study it, you'll see it's, it's, it's more aptly put, it's a declaration of faith more than it, than it is a prayer. Because when we say prayer, it, it is a prayer of faith, but when we say prayer, so many people start thinking about, well, we're going to start talking to God. We're going to start asking God. And while that's true on these other six kinds of prayer, this, this one here, this prayer of faith, as you'll see, this one, falls under John 14, not under John 16. John 16 prayers are directed at the Father in the name of Jesus. But John 14 prayers are directed at the problem in the name of Jesus. And here you see we're dealing with sickness. 
And the prayer of faith, see, this prayer or this declaration, it's, it's, it's directed at the sickness in the name of Jesus. You got to get that. You got to understand that. And again, you know, I have in my notes here to talk about John 14, but I've already talked about it with you earlier. I've mentioned it again, John 14, verse 13. And whatever you ask, but the Greek word is, there is demand as your rights and privileges. Whatever you demand in my name, Jesus said, whatever you demand in my name, that's in the name of Jesus, I will do it. I'll back it up that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask, the Greek it means demand. If you demand anything in my name, I, anything in line with the word of God, I will do it. And that's what the prayer of faith is. That's what the prayer of faith is. It, it, the declaration of faith. Now, yes, all, as I've said, all those other kinds of prayer need to be done in faith also. But this one has a title, a name, the prayer of faith. But actually, it should be the declaration of faith because it's not, it's not, a, as I said, when we, when we use the word prayer of faith, prayer, we're trained as little kids to prayer is always directed at the father. And it is in all these other six kinds, but this one here is, is directed at the problem in the name of Jesus. I know I sound like I'm just a broken record going over and over and over again. But like I said, doing this for 30 some odd years, teaching hundreds and into the thousands of people, and many of them dozens of times on this. And I've had a 5%, I say 5, maybe 4% success rate. You got to get this, okay? Come on, you can do it. And I'm talking about smart people. But you got to incline your ear to the word of God. You got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. So let's get it here. Now, with that being said, Let's talk about some examples of, of the prayer of faith, the declaration of faith that's not a direct, it's not directed at the Father, not directed at Jesus. It's directed at the problem in the name of Jesus. These other six kind are directed to the Father in the name of Jesus. This one is directed at the problem in the name of Jesus. All right. So let's look at some examples of this. Mark, the 11th chapter, verse 22. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Well, that's good. We need to have faith in God. Absolutely. For assuredly, I say to you. So he's talking about have faith in the heavenly father. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now, this is the prayer of faith. This is the declaration of faith. Just like in James, the fifth chapter, we just read it. These elders were dealing with sickness. They were supposed to speak to the sickness It'll bear itself out. Speak to the sickness in the name of Jesus, not beg the Father to do something about the sickness. God has already done all he's going to do about sickness and disease. He laid our sickness and disease on Jesus. Jesus bore it on Calvary's cross. And when he was raised from the dead, his stripes were healed. Bless God. And with the Bible says with his stripes, you know, they beat him. They beat Jesus immersively. And the Bible says with his stripes, we are healed. It's a done deal. And sickness and disease has been defeated. And, 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 uh, I, I, you know, when people come in the prayer lines over all those years and people step up in front of me, I never, not one time did I ever ask God to do something about the sickness and disease. I took the authority that Jesus gave me in his name and I'd speak to the sickness or speak to the disease in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. And we had good success. Good success. Didn't get everybody healed. Neither did Jesus get everybody healed. But I tell you what, we got a lot of people healed. 
I didn't get as many people healed as Jesus did, but we had a good success rate. Because I didn't stand there begging the Father to do something about the sickness and disease. He's done all he's going to do about sickness and disease. He's given us authority in the name of Jesus. And, and when people would come in front of me and we'd pray, I, I didn't ask the Father to do something about sickness and disease. I spoke to the sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. And we had a good success rate. But again, you'd be surprised how many people hear me teach on this dozens of times and sickness hits their body or they're praying for somebody else that's sick and they'll start, oh, Heavenly Father, oh, I just ask you to, oh, I ask you to remove this sickness and disease. Well, he didn't put the sickness and disease there in the first place. God doesn't put sickness and disease on people. He don't do that. And uh, much I could say about that. Or they'll say, oh, God, please remove this. Please heal so-and-so. And they get no results. See, when we're dealing with sickness, when we're dealing with disease, when we're dealing with a tornado headed, headed our way, when we're dealing with the devil, we'll see you don't ask the Father to do anything about those things. He's already done all he's going to do. We take the authority that we have in the name of Jesus and we declare the prayer of faith, the declaration of faith. We address the problem in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, have faith in God. And then he says here, Mark eleven twenty three. I say, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, well, what mountain is facing you? What is, is it? Sickness? Is it disease? What is it? He's, he said, whoever says to the mountain. See, people want, I'm talking Christians. They want to talk to the father about the mountain and they want to get the father to move the mountain. Well, it's the power of the Father that's going to move the mountain. But if you want to get the mountain to move, you've got to speak to the mountain. It takes faith. Surely I say to whoever says to this mountain, talking to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Powerful, powerful words. My goodness. That's the prayer of faith. That's the declaration of faith. Therefore, I say to you, whoever, uh, therefore, I say to you, verse 24, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, you'll have them. I already talked about that today, earlier. And then he talks about forgiving and whatnot. But the prayer of faith, you find it right there in verse 23, whoever says to the mountain. And again, so many Christians go to God and say, oh, God, please move the mountain, please move the mountain. No, he said we're supposed to talk to the mountain. We talk to the mountain in the name of Jesus and then the power of the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ himself will he'll back that kind of declaration of faith up and he'll see to it that that mountain's moved. He said, whatever you demand in my name, I'll, I'll back it up, I'll do it. Now, let's give you some other examples. Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, our example. Look here at Luke, the fourth chapter, some examples of the prayer of faith. Look here at Luke, the fourth chapter. This is uh, verse 38. Now, Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. He went over to Peter's house. Simon's wife's mother, that's Peter's mother-in-law, was sick with a high fever. And they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and watch what he did. 
He did not say, Heavenly Father, oh, Heavenly Father, oh, if it be thy will, oh, please, oh, please remove the fever. You'd be surprised how many Christians I've watched, having heard me teach this, continue to pray like that. Oh, if it be thy will, God heal. It's God's will to heal everybody every time. Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. You've got to understand that. But notice what he did. He stood over her and he rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. He talked to the fever. He talked to the sickness. He talked to it. And he's our example. What he was doing there was praying what's known as the prayer of faith. It was the declaration of faith. He spoke to the problem. All right. That was Jesus speaking to the problem, to the sickness. We speak to the sickness in his name. And the sickness will leave. Now, here's another one. See, he talked to the problem. And they see that, that'll just throw people off. that just throw people off. that just throw people off. You know, what do you mean, talking to, talking to a sickness? Yeah, talking to a sickness. That's what Jesus did, and that's what we need to do. When sickness hits your child, who's under your authority... Don't go start begging God the Father to do something about it. Rise up in the authority that that Jesus has given you in his name and speak to that sickness and command it to leave your child in Jesus' name. And then give God all the glory for it when the sickness leaves. Glory to God. Now here's another one, Mark 4.39. The disciples are out, you know, on the boat and they're about to be torn up by the storm and Jesus... Notice what he does here, Mark 4, 39. And he arose, Jesus arose. And notice he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. This is known as the prayer or the declaration of faith. He didn't address it at the Father. He addressed it at the storm. He addressed it at the sea. He talked to the, he talked to the wind. He talked to the sea. And he's given us that same authority. Absolutely he has. Absolutely he has. He has given us that exact same authority. When he was raised from the dead, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's Matthew's account. And then Mark's account, that's Matthew 28, Mark 16, his account Jesus, after he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, he says to his disciples, go. And then he says in Mark's account, he says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. When you cast demons out of people, that's using the prayer of faith. That's talking to the demons, telling them to leave in Jesus' name. And then he goes on and he talks about they'll lay hands on the sick in his name and recover. See, The Lord has given us authority in his name and we're supposed to use it in that prayer, that declaration of faith. And again, prayer, the English word prayer implies we're talking to the Father, but it's really a declaration of faith. We're talking to the problem in the name of Jesus according to John, the 14th chapter, verses 13 and 14. He arose, Mark 4, 39 again, Jesus arose, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. Now, now, now our church has done this, I'd say about a dozen times over, I say a dozen, it might be a few more, it might be a few less, but over the, the, some, some 27 years, 
we did this again and again, and then uh, they'd come on the television, you know, <laughs> the weathercasters, and they'd put a bullseye on the St. Louis area and, and saying how, you know, there's tornadoes coming later today or at a certain time they're going to just tear the living daylights out of, out of the area. And, and we've stood up humbly, but in our authority that God's given us in the name of Jesus. And we spoke to the, to the, to the uh, storm before it, long before it ever got there. We'd speak, we didn't ask God to move it. We spoke to it in Jesus' name and we told it that before it gets to us, it goes north of us, it goes south of us and I'd give it a multiple choice. It could go north, it could go south or it could break up, it could go part north, could go part south or it could dissipate before it got to us but it wasn't going to come and blow us off the map in the name of Jesus. Spoke to it. Absolutely. Didn't ask God to do anything about it, although we give him all the glory. And, and again and again, and again and again, I have people come to me and say, Pastor Terry, oh, oh, can you believe that, that what we did in the service this morning? That, that I had one guy call me. I mean, they had put, I mean, all channel two, channel four, channel five, channel 11. I mean, they had all put the bullseye. I mean, they had the bullseye on us. It was supposed to blow us, tornadoes come and blow us off the you know, face of the earth. And that one night my phone rang and, uh, uh, the guy calls uh, good, good brother in the Lord. He calls me and he says, uh, he said, pastor Terry, pastor Terry, look at the radar. He said, this big cell, this big cell that's producing this tornado. He said, it, it broke up right before it. I mean, it broke up right before it got to Fenton, right before it got to our church. And, and, and half of it went north and the other half of it went south. Glory to God. Can you believe it? I said, absolutely. And I don't, I said, I believed it when I spoke it. Believe whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive. I believed it when I spoke to it. Absolutely. Glory to God. And, uh, and we received it. Absolutely. And that one, on that one, they've dissipated. Some of them went all north, some all south dissipated. But that one broke up right over before it got to us. Half went north, half went south. Glory to God. Now, so, so you understand. Somebody said, well, what if one slipped through and blew your roof off your house? I got a good insurance policy. Absolutely. And guess what? I got a place in my house where my, my wife and I go that's surrounded by cement. See, so don't think I'm some kind of a spiritual wacko that just, just considering only the spiritual realm. No, I've got a good insurance policy. <laughs> Absolutely. I got, and I got a, a safe place to go that's surrounded on, on, on all, just about on all sides by cement, thick cement, you know, <laughs> a tornado area. Absolutely. But I tell you what, I'm just telling you what's happened over the last 27 years. And again and again, I'd say about a dozen times, not, not just like the example I told you, but similar. And people again and again, they're astounded. Well, I, I'm powerless. I don't have anything in and of myself. But thank God I'm not in and of myself. I've got the authority that God gave me in the name of Jesus. Jesus gave it to me himself, just like he gave it to every believer. And you can rise up in that too, just like me or anybody else. I take no glory for it, I, all, all, I just know how to use it. I learned how to use it. I've been trained since I've been a kid, and I know how to use it. And you speak to the storm in the name of Jesus. You speak to the sickness, the demon, whatever, in the name of Jesus. Now, look at this. In Mark, the fifth chapter, 
verses 7 and 8, the maniac of Gadara, that demon-possessed man, look at this, he cried out, this is Mark 5, 7, he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God what, that you don't torment me. For he, Jesus had said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. See, Jesus didn't ask the Father to get the devil out of this guy or the demon out of this guy. He spoke to the demon himself. Absolutely. And the, the demon left. And all those demons went into that herd of swine and they ran down the hill. Remember that? But the point is, Jesus used the prayer or the declaration of faith. He spoke to the problem. He spoke to the demons. He didn't ask God to do something about him. He spoke to them you know, he didn't ask the heavenly father to do something about it. He, you know, Jesus is God in the flesh. I understand that. But in his earthly ministry, he's operating as a man. You, you understand, though he was a hundred percent God, he was operating as a man and he spoke, he, he, he didn't ask the father to do anything about the demons or the sickness or the storms or what he spoke to them directly. Absolutely. And as I've said, he's given us authority in his name. When he was raised from the dead, they'll lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. If we do it in his name, cast out demons, say, well, that was Jesus casting out a demon. Yeah, but as I already mentioned to you, Mark 16, uh, uh, verse, uh, what is it? Verse 17, believers in his name, in Jesus' name, can cast out demons. Absolutely. And I, we've done that too, under the by, by the power of the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus. I've had, I had uh, some people over the years, now didn't have... Uh, far more sickness and disease situations, but had a few people come up in front of me in those prayer lines over the years that, that, that did have the one lady had, I mean, she had, she came up in front of me and there was something, I mean, when she came up in front of me, she started growling. It was a hideous thing. I mean, just hideous. And, uh, and it startled me and, uh, it, it didn't take, you know, a, a great, you know, great, great revelation to know there's something bad on the inside of her. She started growling and it wasn't just a, a like a grrr, like that it was like, it was, demo, it was, it was demonic. It was like there was multiple voices. It was, it was, I mean, one of the ushers told me afterward, good man, good man. He, he said, boy, when she started growling, because he was standing behind her and had you know, had a line of people on either side lining around the building. She's standing there. I just called for a prayer line. She came up in the prayer line. It was a, it was a visitor. I'd, I'd never seen her before or since. She was there that day. And when I walked right up in front of her, my ushers were going with me behind me and whatnot. They were standing behind her. And, uh, uh, you know, and when I stood up and came up in front of her, that growl came out of her right out of the inside of her. I mean, it was spooky. And, uh, and, uh, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you foul spirit. I said, I said, come out of her. And I tell you what, and I just barely laid, just barely touched her on the head. And I mean, she just dropped like a sack of salt, just straight down on the floor. Didn't fall backward, just down on the power of God hit her. And then, and then I didn't say to anybody, I said this to nobody, but I saw in the spirit like a black bat go out of her this way. Just went out of her, just flew, right? I know, you think I'm crazy? Well, listen to all these messages and you'll see I'm not. But I'm concerned when you have churches go for years and years and no, nobody ever gets healed. Nobody ever gets delivered. Now, you ought to be questioning those kind of churches, not thinking I'm crazy. But this, this happened one time in all the years where I saw it was like a black bat went out. And uh, to my left, 
And I tell you, this woman got up in a few minutes' time. She got up, was totally delivered, totally set free. Can you say amen? But see, I spoke to the demon and commanded it to leave, and it left. I, I spoke to it in the name of Jesus. I didn't stand there and plead with God, Oh, Heavenly Father, if it's your will, set this lady free. It is his will for her to be free. And I just used my authority in the name of Jesus. I spoke to the demon, and it left. Glory to God. And then when I was greeting at the door, there was a lady that came up to me who was a member of the church. She was a teacher at Eureka High School, a math teacher. She actually had the job that I wanted, but God wouldn't give me that job. He had had me go into ministry. But she was a math teacher at Eureka High School, and she she came up after the service, and she was she was kind of kind of kind of shaken, and she's. She said, can I talk to you a minute? I said, well, surely. So we pulled off to the side. And and she's a very sound woman. She wasn't a a crazy in any way, very sound. And she she said, when she said, Pastor Terry, when you, when you, uh, when you laid hands on that woman and told her, told that demon to leave, she said, she said, I hope you don't think I'm crazy. But she said, she said, I saw what looked like two black birds. Fly out, fly out, come out of her and fly out the building. That's what we were seeing in the spirit. You see, it didn't happen in the natural, but she said, I saw him fly out to, to my right. Well, I saw him go out to the left. I'm facing the congregation. She saw him go out to the right. She saw two. I only saw one. She said, you don't think I'm crazy? No, I didn't say anything to anybody. She said, you don't think I'm crazy, do you? I said, no, no. And then I told her, I saw, I told her what I saw. And she said, she said, I thought I was losing it there for a minute. See, these things are real. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you see, I knew what authority I had in the name of Jesus and we got that lady set free and praise God for it. But you need to know your authority in the name of Jesus. Look at James 4 verse 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if you're living submitted to God, you resist the devil. You, you, you resist him. See, this is the prayer or the declaration. Declaration is a better word, declaration of faith. You make, a, you make a demand on the devil, on demons to leave. See, that's what I did that day. I made a demand on that demon to leave that woman, and it did. Glory to God. And then in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. You see, resist him steadfast in the faith. Don't ask God to do something about the devil. He's already done all he's going to do about the devil. Now you rise up in the the authority you have in the name of Jesus in that declaration of faith and speak to the devil and resist him steadfast in the faith. You see, you have to, you have to know your rights and privileges that you have in Jesus name. You see now, uh, let me go on just a few more minutes here. We'll go to Acts, the uh, third chapter. Remember that. Let, let's see. Let's see. We looked at these, uh, the, the prayer of faith in, uh, in, in, uh, uh, Jesus ministry. Let's just close up here by looking at uh, the disciples here for a few minutes, how they use the prayer or the declaration of faith. Look at Acts, the third chapter. Uh, verse one says, now Peter and John, Acts three, verse one, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. 
See, these, they were men of prayer. If you want to have power in your life, remember a couple of sessions ago when the disciples, Jesus, Peter, James, and John were up on the Mount of Transfiguration and that man brought his son to the other nine disciples and demon-possessed son and the, those other nine disciples of Jesus couldn't cast that demon out. Remember that? And Jesus, they asked Jesus later, why couldn't we cast it out? He said, because of your unbelief. And then he said, this kind of this species of demon goes out not but by prayer and fasting. See, if you there are certain, there are certain species of demon you're not going to have any success with if you don't live a, a right before the Lord and, and be a, a person of dedication, a person of prayer. You understand that? We talked about that several sessions ago. But Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour. Per- See, these were men of prayer. If you want to have power in your life, you've got to be people of prayer. And, uh, and, and, and there was that lame man there, and you can read the next several verses how, you know, Peter said, silver and gold have I not, not do I not have in verse 6, but what I do have I give you. And then now watch what he does here. In verse six, he prays the prayer of faith. All right, this is this is a this is a John fourteen category prayer. He does not ask God the Father to do something to heal this. Oh, Heavenly Father, heal this lame man. No, he doesn't. Here's what he does. He prays the prayer, or he makes that declaration of faith. He says to this lame man, "In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk." And you can read it. The man leaped and walked, and he was healed. Glory to God. See, that was the declaration of faith that he was operating in there, that Peter was operating in. Can you say amen? If he'd asked God the Father to do something about it, or if he'd asked Jesus to do something about it, that man would have stayed lame. Absolutely. But he knew how these rules work. And he realized he was dealing with a situation of sickness here, of disease or whatever it was. This uh, guy was lame, you know, he was crippled. And he spoke to the man, he spoke to it in the, he directed the, the, he spoke to the problem in the name of Jesus and, uh, and got results. Glory to God. He didn't beg God to do something about it. He, he used the prayer of faith. Remember those other six kinds of prayer, as we'll see as we go, are directed at the Father in the name of Jesus. But this one here is directed at the problem. In the name of Jesus. Look at Acts 9 when that, that girl Tabitha had, had died. Now look at Acts 9 verse 40. Peter put them all out. Now these were people of doubt, uh, doubt and unbelief. He, he got that off Jesus. He saw Jesus with Jairus' daughter. He, Jesus put all the doubt and unbelief out of the room, out of the house. And Peter did the same thing here. He put them all out. He put all the doubt and unbelief out, knelt down and prayed. So he prayed. See, he was a person of prayer. No doubt he was talking to the Father right there communing with him, talking to him. But then he turns to the body and he, then he prays what's known as the prayer, the declaration of faith to this dead corpse. He says, Tabitha, arise. Glory to God. It <laughs> takes faith to do that. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Glory to God. Glory to God. He prayed the prayer of faith, declaration of faith. Now, I'll just throw this in if, if I had been there, I would like to ask her, because she was dead. I, the Bible doesn't record it, but I'd like to ask her where, she, where her spirit went. I'd, I'd just like to know her. Like Lazarus, when he was dead four days, if I could have talked to him after Jesus raised him from the dead, I'd like to talk to him and ask him where his spirit was for those. But I, 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 you know, the answer is in the Bible. Sure. Lazarus was a believer. He went to Abra- He had to go to Abraham's bosom. Is either that or going to hell and Lazarus was a believer. So he was in Abraham's bosom. And that's where this girl was too. She's a young girl and 
No question about it. So there's, I guess I have my answer. Let's move on. Acts, the 16th chapter, we'll close up right here. There was that fortune teller, Acts 16, 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer. See, we saw with with Jesus' ministry, he's always going to prayer or coming from prayer, and the disciples learned that off him. And this is Paul, and I guess it's Silas. As it happened as we went to prayer. If you want to have power in your life, you've got to be a person of prayer. As we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her master as much profit by fortune telling. Uh, this girl followed Paul and us, cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaimed us the way of salvation. This she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed. And I'm not going to get into all the explanations of all that because I want to I, I want to stick with the subject here. But eventually, Paul realized there was a demon in this girl, and it was annoying him, and, and it had to be cast out. So he turned. Now notice what he did. Prayer, talking about the prayer of the declaration of faith. He turned and said to the Spirit, he didn't turn and beg God the Father to do something about it. He didn't turn and beg Jesus to do something about it. No, he turned and he said to the Spirit. He made a demand on that demon spirit. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, that's a prayer of faith. Now we we could go we could go uh, on and on with this, but I think I've given you enough here. Get a hold of this. Those six kinds of prayer that we're going to get into as we move along are addressed to the Father in the name of Jesus. But this prayer of faith is not addressed to the Father; it's addressed at the problem in the name of Jesus. And I've given you some good examples uh, with this. Now what we'll do is we'll stop here because time has slipped away. And uh, I'll pick up next time. And I have some things to say to you about uh, binding and loosing. And, uh, and, then, and then I want to get into and talk about the uh, other kinds of prayer and the prayer of agreement. And I think we'll have a, a good time learning some more about prayer. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. So if you want to miss hell one day when you die and make heaven, you need to... Receive Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So call on the name of Jesus. Invite him into your heart. Just like you'd invite somebody to come into your house, invite him into your heart and he'll come. And I tell you what, you'll get born again. And one day when you die, you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Well, God bless you. Be a person of prayer and I'll see you here next week and we'll pick up right here where we left off. God bless you. Bye-bye.